Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Deuteronomy 26. I want to uh, say a few things really quick um, as they're handing out the sermon notes. We want to say, if you've not gotten the fasting edge, please get it. We have a great problem because we ran out of books this week. However, you can order them from Amazon or uh, Christian book distributors or one of those websites. You can order them. They are available. You can get the audio book or you can get the Kindle version of it. Please start reading the introduction today, and then you can start reading chapter one tomorrow and read one chapter a day. That will put you at chapter eight this time next week, and then you'll finish off the book by the following Friday. Pastor Gary's going to put the reading plan on our, uh, our Facebook page, our social media, for anyone that's interested in reading. For those who like to, you know, start early, if you already have the book and you started reading, that is not a problem. Praise God. We want to help give you a template of the importance and the power of fasting, so please uh, track along with us as we read. But with that being said, as you fast, you're putting away food so that you can eat spiritually. And one of the things that I really want to encourage you with, this is called the Daily Walk Bible, if you guys can zoom in, and the media team. This book or this Bible is a one-year Bible. It's a Genesis to Revelation. Now, I know they have something called the one-year Bible. Personally, that's not my favorite Bible because I don't like to break up Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, you know, Proverbs, I like to read from beginning to end. And the Daily Walk Bible is a phenomenal Bible. One of the things you want to do during the time of fasting and prayer is you want to take the time that you normally would be eating and spend that time eating the Word of God, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God. And for those of you who say, well, I'm not a big reader, guess what? Get a Bible app and listen to the Bible and audio version. I like to do both. I like to read my Bible in the morning, and sometimes before I go to bed, I'll put my Bible on the audio of what I read that day, and I'll listen to it again because I really want to get the Word of God in my spirit. So this is one of the big things that's going to make fasting successful is that you are spending extra extra time in the word of God. This is not the time to be studying other, th- other things. This is the time to get along with God and do business. Look at someone next to you. Say it's time to do business. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter 26. Oh, and by the way, on Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. to 7.15 p.m., We will have extra books that will be resupplied. And if you hang around, then you can go to FAM and be a part of FAM. Amen? Praise God. So FAM, uh, Fasting Edge, and get ready. Oh, whoa. All right. Free pizza at the FAM gathering. Praise God. If that wasn't enough to come to FAM, now you've been tipped over the edge. They're going to have free pizza. All right. Praise God. Are you getting it shipped from New York City? Are they flying free pizza over? All right. Praise God. I'm picking. Amen. Let me pray over you. If you don't mind, just stand up for a second. I want to bless you, and then we're going to move into the word of God. 
Father, we just thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. We come before you now asking for the power of the Holy Spirit to touch your sons and your daughters. God, I pray, Lord, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we might know you more. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what you're saying, what you're doing, and how you're moving, God. I pray for the double-edged sword of the Spirit to cut between the soul and the Spirit, and let it be a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the hearts of your people, Lord God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you and anoint me God to teach and to preach as one having authority so that your people can go to another level because the word of God is truth and those who know the truth can be liberated and set free so we love you we honor you and we thank you in your son Jesus name we pray and all the God's people said amen. amen and amen praise Jesus I want to talk to you this morning about the first fruits. Look at your neighbor and say the first fruits. And read this to you from Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 3 and then 9 to 10. It says, and this is God, uh, Moses speaking to the children of Israel on behalf of God. He says, when you've entered into the land the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it, he said, settle in it. He said, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God has given you and put them into a basket. He says, then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in the office, in office at that time, he said, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. Verse 9, he said, he brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil to that land, Lord. The Lord has given me. He says, place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. I want to talk to you about the principle of first fruits. I'm going to move specifically into speaking about fasting and prayer in the 14 days of glory. But I want to talk to you about the principle of first fruits. The principle of first fruits basically states this. Whatever the first portion of a thing that a person receives, if you give that first portion to God, then God will bless the remaining portions. Whatever the first portion of something that you have, if you offer it up to God, the first portion, then God will bless the remaining portion. This is the reason why the Bible says that Jesus rose up while it was still dark and early in the morning, he would go to the mountain and he would pray to the Father. Why? Because he understood the power and the principle of first fruits. He understood that if he went to the Father before he started his day and he offered to, up to the Lord prayer and his petitions, then God would bless the remainder of the day. That's the reason why when Pastor Liz read Malachi chapter 3 and it says bring your tithes and your offerings to God first because if you do that, then God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out so many blessings upon you, you would not have enough room to contain it. It says, and the Lord will rebuke the devourer on your behalf for your sake 
and he will cause you to be a delightful land. What is that? That's the principle of first fruits in, in operation because what you're doing is giving God the first portion of your income so that God can bless the remaining portion and he rebukes and he keeps the enemy from touching your finances and your resources and your provisions. And God even told the children of Israel, he says, when you go into the land and you produce crops and, and, and the fruit comes from the ground, take the first fruits or the first portion, put it in the basket and bring it to the priest and have the priest offer it before God. Because God has blessed them and will continue to bless them. What we're doing in alignment with the principle of first fruits is we're taking the 14 days of glory and we're telling God, God, we're giving you this first portion of the year, this January, in prayer and fasting. Because if we offer to you this first fruit or this first portion of the year in prayer and fasting, we're asking you to bless February through December, the remainder of the year. Amen? And when we ask God to bless it, we're asking God to bless the remainder of the year with his presence, his prosperity, his healing, his anointing, his blessing, his provision, and his restoration. We're asking God not to just bless us in January with our New Year's resolutions, but we're asking God to step into the remainder of the year and to bless everything that we touch, everything that we put our hands to, everything that we endeavor to do. We're asking the blessings of God on it because we're offering them this first portion of the year of our first fruits. Amen? And I want you to understand this principle, how powerful it is. Because if you learn the power of first fruits, then you begin to apply it to every area of your life. That's the reason why you bless your food before you eat it. Especially if you go to a sketchy restaurant and it, you know, <laughs> I'm so glad Justin is here. We have this restaurant in New Orleans called Manchu, and it's on my Facebook videos from a couple of years ago. This place is so dangerous. <laughs> you need a SWAT team to go into Manchu and buy some food from there. And literally, while Justin was recording the video, they had an ambulance pass by on the video as it's being recorded. At this place, I know the health violations is like they... But the food is phenomenal. <laughs> the food is absolutely incredible. And the way that we've survived eating Manchus for years is we always bless it before we eat it. <laughs> God, we're offering up this Manchus. <laughs> I know they're violating the health code and they should have been shut down two decades ago, but bless, bless this food, oh God. Don't let any of the diseases floating around in that kitchen touch us in Jesus' name. Amen. So the principles of first fruits work for everything. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So let's talk about this. Why should we give God the first part of our year in fasting and prayer? I want to give you a couple of quotes from uh, a couple of uh, powerful people that spoke about why we give God the first fruits of the year and fasting and prayer. Number one, Tony Evans said, when we fast with the proper motivation, he said, our voice is heard in heaven. Then that is, we come into God's presence in a powerful way. 
So one of the things that happens when we fast is we know that our voice has been heard in heaven. There's no greater motivation to pray than when you know that you're praying and God is listening. Amen? Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you're talking to them and they're not paying attention? That doesn't motivate you to continue to talk. But when someone is engaged eyeball to eyeball when you're speaking, it makes you want to continue pouring out your heart. Well, when God's, his ear is tuned to you through fasting and prayer, it motivates you to spend time with him seeking his face. And if he is hearing, let me tell you something about God. If God hears, then God does. Hmm. If God hears, then God does. That means that when the Lord hears your prayer, he is moving into action to bring that thing to pass in the name of Jesus. Mike Bickle said, the grace of fasting is God's answer to our cry for more. Fasting enlarges our capacity to receive truth and accelerates the process of God's truth taking root in our own hearts. It is a God-given way to make room for more of God and therefore is an essential component to an age-old question, how do I grow in love of God, in the love of God? Fasting expands your capacity and it gives you a greater desire and hunger for God. If you say, you know what, I'm not really hungry for God, guess what? When you fast and pray, your hunger for God is going to begin to increase and it's going to begin to fall into place, Amen. If you say, I love God, but I want more, guess what? Fasting and prayer is going to give you the desire for the more. Amen? And Mike, Michael Dow says this about fasting. He said, fasting awakens our spiritual awareness and causes us to realize the sweet presence of Jesus that has been promised to remain with us to the end of the age. Fasting brings the presence of God in a tangible and supernatural way. I don't know why. My wife and I were in Brooklyn. We were preaching a healing crusade in Brooklyn, New York. And we were in this church. And this woman had a, she had a shortened hip. She had the surgery that took place. And one of her, her legs was shorter than the other because of this hip surgery. And I remember we, we laid hands on the woman, and I saw literally the, lay, the woman's foot pushing out all of a sudden, and I said, oh, my God. But I felt like in that moment, the Lord was like, why are you surprised? He said, didn't you pray, didn't you fast, and didn't you ask me to do miracles before you came here for this healing crusade? See, when you fast and pray, you can expect supernatural things to happen because there is a supernatural God that desires to move in supernatural ways. He just want to have people that have the faith to ask him for hard things. It's not that God can't answer difficult prayers. We just don't have the courage and the faith to believe him to answer and ask him for hard things. Because let's just be honest, sometimes we don't want to feel the sting of disappointment, so we don't really push out into deep waters to ask Jesus to do hard things. But I believe during this time of fasting and prayer, during these 14 days of glory, God wants us to, to test him to push out into deep waters and say, Lord, I am believing you for some things that I have never seen happen before in my life, and I'm believing you for lost family members. I'm believing you for sicknesses and diseases. 
disease to break. I'm believing you for cancers to be healed. I'm believing you for lost prodigal sons and daughters and family members to come back and return into a relationship with you. I'm believing you for some real powerful and even impossible things. Amen. God is not scared of your requests. God is not scared of the difficult things. God just wants to know, do you have faith to ask him for the impossible? Do you have faith to step out in the water and say, God, I believe you can do this. Now let me see you move the way that I've seen in the word of God. Hmm. Gideon, in the book of Judges, he says, where are you, God? He said, my ancestors spoke of how you delivered them from Egypt and brought them out of bondage and brought them into. He said, my generation has never seen the God of my ancestors. And God wasn't scared of that. God says, oh, yeah, well, guess what? I'm going to let you see through your own hands and feet. I'm going to let you see the power of God in your generation. I believe God's waiting for some people that say, God, I want to see, and I'm not scared to ask you for big things. Amen. Amen. I, I just feel this in my spirit just to go there because I, I think some people dreams have died. Some things have died and you just believe in like this can't happen. Listen, you serve the God that turned graves into gardens. You serve a God that can speak to dry bones and cause them to come back to life. You speak to, you serve a God that has resurrection power and he's just waiting for some people to say, Lazarus, come forth from this thing. I don't care how dead you are. I don't care how long you've been dead. I don't care how severe the death is, but I'm believing these dead things to come to life. I'm believing for things to turn around in ways I never thought or imagined was possible. Yes. God knows how to answer impossible situations. God's not scared of the big stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not scared of the big stuff. He's not scared. Come on, bring it to him. Bring it to him. Bring it to him. Why was Jesus' ministry results so different from many of today's believers? Let's talk about that for a moment. Matthew 3 and 16 says this. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descend like a dove and lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Go to Luke 4, 14. It says, and Jesus returned to Galilee and the power of the spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. And he was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. You know, Jesus was water baptized. He was approved by the Father. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. But he did not start his public ministry until he gave the Father his first portion in fasting and in prayer. Most of us get our ordination, we get recognized, we get acknowledged. 
We'll say, okay, I have done what I was supposed to do. I got my credentials. Now it's time for me to go. Jesus got credentials from heaven. Jesus got credentials from the Father. Jesus had the Holy Spirit come upon him like a dove, but he still did not launch out into ministry until he fasted and he prayed. That was the difference between a miracle-working ministry and just a good ministry. Some of us have good ministries, and God says, no, I want you to have a supernatural, miracle-working ministry that causes things to shift. I want you to have a ministry that when you step in the room, demons tremble because they know that the spirit of the living God that's living on the inside of you has just stepped into this building, and there's nothing that he can do to stop what's about to happen. Mm. <laughs> 11 years ago, actually it's 12 years ago now because we're in 23, I was in the Barnes and Nobles and I was sitting next to this guy, he was a young guy and he had some witchcraft books and some some Eastern religion stuff and different things he was reading in this table next to me and he got up and he started walking around and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and there's an angel in the Old Testament that killed 185,000 Assyrians and defeated the enemies of Israel and then the, uh, the, the captain of the Assyrians left and all of that stuff. I think it's in either Kings or Chronicles. And the Lord told me, he says, pray that the angel of warfare would smite the witchcraft in this guy's life. So I'm in Barnes and Nobles, Barnes and Nobles. I'm not at church, not at altar, not at evangelistic service. I'm at Barnes and Nobles. Look at your neighbor, say Barnes and Nobles. (laughs) With the Starbucks latte machine over here and books everywhere. I'm at Barnes and Nobles. (laughs) And I looked at the guys, he was walking around, and I said, angel of warfare, smite the witchcraft that's in that guy's life. True story, I kid you not, the guy was walking, he stopped, he turned and looked at me, (laughs) just like that, he went, and he started running around the store. I said, oh my God, (laughs) I said, this stuff really works, wow! I was just in shock. And because what the Lord was teaching me 11, 12 years ago, he was trying to help me to understand the authority that we have as believers when we begin to tap into the supernatural power of God the same way that Jesus tapped into the supernatural power of God through fasting and prayer. That reference is 2 Kings 19.35. You can look it up. If we would begin to do what Jesus did, then we would begin to see what Jesus saw. I'm going to say that again. If we would begin to do what Jesus did, then we would begin to see what Jesus saw. Amen? An unknown author says this, fasting is the most powerful spiritual discipline of all those discussed in the Bible. 
He said through fasting and prayer, the Holy Spirit can transform your life like Justin was telling you and produce incredible results. Prayer alone is mighty. Prayer alone is powerful. He said, but when combined with fasting, it produces a powerful force against which hell cannot prevail. God wants you to move in such an anointing that when you step in the room, the devil's not knees start to shake and his lip begins to quiver because you have just stepped into the place and the presence of God is dwelling powerfully and mightily on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's talk about the different types of fast. I want to share um, a couple of things with you about fasting. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me go back. Pull up that quote by Arthur Wallace. It says, in New Testament times, fasting was a channel of power. However, as spirituality waned or decreased and declined, and worldliness flourished in the churches, the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit were withdrawn. With the loss of that inward power, people could only cling to what they had left over or left, which was outward accomplishments. God does not want us to lean on the arm of the flesh for what we are doing for him or the kingdom of God. He wants us to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. I've read the book of Acts more times than I can even uh, just come up with a number to tell you. I've read it over and over and over. And the one thing that marked the first century church was they were spirit-empowered individuals. They were not the smartest people. They were, they, were, they were fishermen, and they were farmers, and they were all of these other things. They weren't rabbinically trained like the Pharisees and the Sadducees were. So it wasn't that they were the most educated. They definitely wasn't the smartest. They wasn't even, I would even say, the most committed. But the one thing that they did is they yielded themselves to the power of the Holy Spirit, and God took ordinary people, and he used them in extraordinary ways. I am a very ordinary man, but I serve a supernatural God. And the one thing that I've learned in my short years of being on this earth is I've just learned how to tap into the power source. Amen. I know where the power comes from. The power doesn't come from here. The power comes from there. And I believe God is just trying to get Harvest Church to tap into the power source. Because if we can tap into him, the things that we would see, the things that we would do, the things that we would testify about will shake California to its core. Amen. So let me give you uh, some practical aspects of fasting. We're going to shift real quick and I'll close out this message. Thank you for being patient. So there are different types of fast in the Bible, different types. Look at somebody next to you say different types, yes. right? Don't get stuck on what type of fast because it's like an ice cream shop. You can, what type of ice cream? You want Rocky Road, you want Neapolitan, you want, you know, chocolate chip, you want vanilla, you want French vanilla. Like there's so many, there are different types of fast in the Bible, so there's not a one restricted way to fast because there are so many different types. So let me give you uh, uh, several, several types real quick. Number one is the Daniel fast. 
This is a very common fast. This is found in the book of Daniel, chapter 1. Daniel and his friends did a Daniel fast for 10 days of vegetable, fruits, and water. They did this fast because they did not want to defile themselves with unclean foods from the king's table. They wanted to hold on to the dietary laws that they were supposed to uphold as Jewish believers. And as a result, God honored them and caused them not only to be healthier at the end of the 10 days of the Daniel, what, we, what we've termed the Daniel fast, but God also increased their intellectual capacity and ability. And the Bible says God gave them knowledge and wisdom and all manners of learning of the Babylonians. God increased their ability and they excelled above their peers because the presence of God touched not only the spiritual, but it even touched their natural lives. Amen. And this is a great fast for people who have health issues because you're still consuming healthy fruits and vegetables and things that are healthy for your body that can help you to navigate through the fast. Number two, a partial fast. This is when you go on a restricted diet, whether you drink soups or broths or clear liquids um, or if you say, I'm just going to eat rice for a, a certain period of time or, or breads or crackers. And, and this is where you cut out the meats, the sweets, and the caffeinated drinks. This is where you're, you're, you're shifting your diet and you're minimizing what you're going to eat. Now listen, you don't go to Ruth's Chris on your fast, amen? I'm just saying. Pastor, I fasted for 14 days and I went to Ruth's Chris. This is the best. The 14 days of glory was really glorious. <laughs> You're not fasting. You're feasting still. This is where we restrict our diet for spiritual purposes. We're saying, God, I'm restricting what I'm eating in natural food so that I can partake and be blessed by the spiritual food. Amen. Number three is a liquid fast. This is juices, smoothies, and protein shakes. This is a great fast. You can live for extended periods of time off of fresh juices, smoothies, and protein shakes. Very healthy, and, but you're restricting yourself from eating solids, solid food, so you're, you're doing this type of fast. The next type of fast is a water fast. I would say be led by the Spirit to do this fast. This fast is probably for people who are more experienced with fasting. You will not die if you drink water, I promise. But I would not do this as a novice. What I would say is I would pray and ask God, Lord, what type of fast would you have me do? Amen. Praise Jesus. All right. I don't know if uh, Javier is in here today. I don't see him. So I saw, I saw Brother Javier at the men's prayer meeting on Thursday morning here in the building. And um, he came up and gave me a big hug because I've known him for about 16 years when we first came here to Harvest. And he said, oh, my God, you do not age. Like, you look the same way you did 16 years ago when I met you. And I thought, and I kind of laughed. I'm like, ha, ha, yeah, praise God, amen. But to be honest with you, after that conversation, I went back and I thought, I said, you know what, that's like the third time I've heard that from people from Harvest that have known me for the last 16, 17 years. I'm like, why do people keep telling me the same thing? And in my mind, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, son, as you have been fasting over the last 23 years of your life, it literally 
has stopped your aging process. Like, I'm, I'm aging. I got gray hairs. I'm not saying I'm not aging. But of my peers that I grew up with and went to junior high school and high school, even when I see them and they see me, they're like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's wrong? You look like the same way you did in high school. I'm like, I don't see it. But I understand that fasting does something to you, not only spiritually, but it affects your spiritual body and it causes you to live in a greater place of health that you could not live in without fasting. Amen? Fasting is not about hurting you. Fasting is about healing you. Mm. Yes, amen. The last two, hybrid fasting. This is a combo fast with waters, juices, soups, and vegetables. So if you were doing maybe a 15 days of fasting, I'll just use 15 because I can use those numbers, that would be doing maybe five days of water, five days of juices, and then five days of soup, some form of like a combo or vice versa, five days of soups, five days of juices, and then five days of water. A combo fast, a, a hybrid fast is a really good fast to do. And then the last type is a one meal a day. This is when you say, I'm not going to eat until 5 p.m. every day. I'm going to skip breakfast. I'm going to skip lunch. And then at 5 p.m., I will eat at that time during the 14 days of glory. I've done that fast many of times as well. Let me give you a quote by Mark Nysenweider. It says, in the Old Testament, the word fasting simply means to cover your mouth. And in the New Testament, it means not to eat. So biblical fasting is to do without food. Many people mistake abstinence for fasting. However, abstaining from intimate activities, television, chocolates or sweets, sports and social media is not fasting. That's called abstinence. So just because you don't spend 23 hours on Snapchat or Instagram, you know, a day and you say, hey, God, I'm... I'm not going to do that. That's a fast. That is abstaining from those things have spiritual benefits, but fasting has some form of restriction. I'm going to tell you one last story, and I'm actually going to close on this. My wife and I, um, we had a couple in our church that they, they were drug addicts. They had an addiction issue, and the wife kept telling us the reason why I can't go into a rehab program is because... I have a child. Her child was like nine, ten years old. And, and my wife and I talked and we made a commitment that we would take the child for a year so that the woman and her boyfriend could go into rehab. So we took the child. The woman went into to rehab. She went into an addiction program. And we were doing our, our fast at the church. The kid, Pastor Liz, brought him to the doctor. And baby, you can validate this to know that I'm, I'm not the dentist. Thank you. She took him to the dentist, and he had, was it four cavities in his mouth? And they x-rayed the four cavities. And because we knew we were going on the fast, we told him we're not going to come back and get the cavities repaired till after the fast. So we had it scheduled on the other side of the fast. The kid did the Daniel fast. We just said, no, you're not going to be eating sandwiches. We're going to give you, like, soups and vegetables, and you'll do all of that for, for the 14 days, whatever it was. She took him back to the dentist after the fast was over with. 
They took the x-rays. Three of the four cavities completely disappeared and was healed. <laughs> Baby, am I, am, I, am I making this up? Am I telling the truth? All right. And the one cavity that was left, it was so diminished that what they would have had to do before, they didn't have to do. They had to change the treatment plan because it was a minimized cavity. And I just remember thinking, I said, God, you even healed a 10-year-old of a bunch of bad teeth because he eats too much sugar, all doing a fast? I said, this stuff really works. When I tell you, and I want to encourage you, as we move into the 14 days of glory, ask God what he would have you do. We're not forcing anyone to fast. We want to give you an invitation. We want to give you an opportunity to step into a place with God that you have never been before and experience God in ways that you've only read in the Bible. And I promise you, God wants to move and do something very special in your lives. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, Stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.